We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crazy for Swayze. I'm your host, Instroya, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Josh Young. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Was that like weird sounding? Are we NPR today? I don't know. I was just kind of like rolling with it. Does yeah. it does it feel weird? No, it's just a hot day. It's a hot day, man. It's supposed to just keep getting hotter. Wednesday is going to be the hottest day of the week. That's what they're saying. And that <laughs> is, that's my day off. <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap. Isn't it supposed to be like 101, 102? It's going to be hot. That's what Tom's refrigerator told me. It's going to be so goddamn hot, man. Tom's refrigerator is a computer. If you say out loud, hey, Alexa, can you order me a pizza? She'll be like, yeah, I just added one to your Whole Foods shopping list. And I'm like, thank you. That's crazy. (laughs) I've never been in a situation where a refrigerator talked to me before. I was going to wash the dishes today, and I was like, how the fuck do I start this dishwasher? There's no, like, clear buttons on the outside. Alexa, can you start the dishwasher? She's like, nah. <laughs> how did you start it? There's buttons. Like, you open it up, and, at, like, the top of it, there, yeah. there's buttons there, like, on the inside. Oh. So then, like, you put in your, your codes or whatever, and then once you close it, then it starts? Uh-huh. You got it. See, that's wild, man. Yeah, fucking technology. That's wild. Well, I'm happy you're home. Me too. Because that means we get to Swayze. Yeah, it's Swayze time. Dude, we've got one today. Let me tell you. It's called King Solomon's Mine. You ever heard of it? Uh, no. Well, apparently this was based off of a book by Henry Ryder Haggard, right? And uh, the the character that we're going to be following that Swayze is portraying is called Alan Quartermain. Right? Oh, so he's not King Solomon. No, no, no. That's good. But this guy is supposed to be like a proto-Indiana Jones, if I'm understanding everything about this movie correctly. Okay. Right? And now this came out in 2004, in June of 2004 to be exact. It was a made-for-TV miniseries movie kind of situation, so we're not rated. And each of the episodes, two in total are 88 minutes each, so that's 173 minutes altogether, right? Wow. This was an Enigma and Hallmark Entertainment picture, and it was his 11th TV appearance between Scruff and Whoopi. Hmm. So this is definitely late Swayze playing like a grizzled archaeologist explorer kind of situation. Okay, I can believe right? that. And I also found... That the director, Steve Boyum, also directed Meet the Deedles in 1998, Johnny Tsunami in 1999, Stepsister from Planet Weird in 2000, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire in 2000, and Motocrossed in 2001. Are those all Disney movies? Those are all Disney movie of the months oh hell yeah yeah this guy knows what he's doing with his his television movies yeah he fucking does it johnny tsunami yeah 
and motocross. I've never seen that one. Motocross was a classic switch them up, you know, like, uh, they got some twins or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <hell> yeah. Like <laughs> motocrossed. I get it. Like Andrew is a, is a motocross racer, right? Then he injures his leg and you know, the, the family's livelihood really kind of falls on his shoulders there. So his sister, Andrea decides to cut her hair and race in his place. And oh no God. one knows the difference. Oh my God! Isn't there an Amanda Bynes movie like that? It's, yeah, she's the man. Yeah, it's it's very similar. But this was in in the the two thousand in on Disney. It was it was very silly. I've watched it semi recently. It was great. Oh, great. <laughs> it was. To hear it. I would definitely suggest watching it because it was lots of fun. Why are you watching Disney Channel original movies? Well, you know, for nostalgia. Oh, okay. I mean, I did like that Christmas one. What was the Christmas one with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Oh, I'll be home for Christmas. That one was great. That one is great. That was, they glued him into a Santa suit. That was really funny. <laughs> that was kind of like ingenious. You're like Santa by uh, like, without like Santa by association. You're like Santa by situation. And Santa he, by force. Yeah, and he just had to like roll with the punches, and like one of those punches was from an old lady when he was singing "What's New Pussycat." I have nothing else. <laughs> Now, this movie does have him acting alongside Allison Doty from Indiana Jones 3 and A View to Kill, Roy Mardson from The Sandbaggers and Tomorrow, and John Standing from V for Vendetta and The Elephant Man. I've never heard of any of these people. I I think we, we've like when we see John Standing, we'll know who he is, uh-huh. but I couldn't tell you things other than him looking like imposing and British. So didn't you say that this is like uh like an inspiration of proto Indiana Jones, but it, it came out in two thousand three. There's already three Indiana Jones movies at that point. Yes. Uh so th- there's like this is based on like a novel, a book of some sort that, that inspired? Yes. The novel was written in eighteen eighty five. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder how they're going to be updating this for a 2000 movie, or is it going to be a period piece, you know? I very highly doubt it. it'll be a late 1800s period piece. Could be. For television, yeah. So yeah, this is going to be something that I've never seen before. Have you had any experience with this at all? No, I don't even think I've seen an entire Indiana Indiana Jones movie, so. Oh, well, you're fucking up there, man. Indiana Jones is great. Well, maybe I'll be like, this is great, and you'll be like, this sucks because it's not Indiana Jones. Well, if this sucks, we can watch Indiana Jones all goddamn day. Okay. Now, I did find a copy of this on YouTube. Hmm. We've been I've been seeing it all over the place, um, streaming on like the the free sites. I saw it pop up on Tubi. Uh, I saw it on dot com, um, but yeah, once those were all taken down, I was like, I'm gonna check YouTube, and that's where I found it. That's a good place to find a movie. I know. I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm. You want to watch it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Josh. Yep. How do you feel about that one? Oh, you know, it's just it's just fine. <laughs> I it, it's it's made by a guy who knows how to make a made for TV movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It was riveting 
as much as it was boring. No, I didn't find it riveting at all. You didn't find the action scenes riveting? No, the action was not a lot. I'm not even thinking about action when I'm thinking about the movie. I'm thinking about walking across a desert. (laughs) They did a bunch of that, man. They were they were they were even deceitful at times trying to plan little hijinks when people were chasing them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna take everything off of our horses and send our horses in another direction. Yeah, but this isn't like this isn't like Indiana Jones though. You said it was gonna be Indiana Jones, but I don't think it is. Yeah, it was much more like the mummy. Like, like yeah, Indiana Jones is like very much like an adventure movie. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like a one last job movie. Yeah. But that's not really like the crux of it. The crux of it is the dark continent. You I know? guess. It, it's like theoretically an adventure, but really it's not. It's mostly about like the brutality of Africa. Like this movie is racist as fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, how many of those tribesmen do you think are African tribesmen? I think none of them. Yeah. And like what kind of guy, where did he get like a fucking like snow leopards fur? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was like a cheetah, man. Oh, yeah. Is that how cheetahs look? I don't know. I think it was a cheetah, though. It's that seems a little bit more uh, obtainable. Yeah, but it's like a white. It's like a white fur. Maybe it's just like a, a light colored cheetah. Maybe that, like he being the king, you know, like that's why he has that skin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's a cool look. I'm for it. I, like I'm for his look, dude. You kept calling him king the entire time, and I was like, yes, that is his job, but he has a name, and you're like, no, it's king, and I'm like, I'm a. I'm for it. He looks just like the guy from Tekken. I'm for it. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't hear anyone call him Tawala. It was just King. <laughs> yeah, I think he said, uh, was, was it Gagul's name? Gabagul. Gabagul. Yeah, he said Gagul's name uh, a few times, but no one ever said his name. Okay, so, you know, he's the king. He's still the king. But he's not King Solomon. No. Um, King they, Solomon actually is not a character in the film. It's more of like a mythical character. Yeah, okay, man, they were acting like it's a mythical character that we all know. Yeah. Is this true? I don't well, know. Well, they, they tell tell us a story, right? Alan sits us down at one point and tells us the, the uh, what's it called? The myth of King Solomon's mind where he... Is that true? I thought Elizabeth explains it while they're on horseback. I thought he did. Alan. He has no shit. Alan doesn't tell us anything. Well, he knows about the key to King Solomon's mind. Okay. Yeah. And that was what they're searching for because King Solomon and his minds were like, he, he fell in love with an African princess or something like that. Sure. And he's like the king of the Israelites or some shit. Exactly. I just don't know this. Like if, if you, like you would know, youth pastor, you would know <laughs> who King Solomon is. I, it's like, I, I remember reading stories about him in the Bible, but I don't remember anything about okay, him. Okay, so he's in the Bible, though. Yeah. So this is like Bible fan fiction. Well, like, he he was the, the king of the Israelites for like 40 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what they were saying in this movie, and he fell in love with some kind of African princess or African queen, and because their religions were different, they obviously couldn't be together, you know? So he was going to save this mine and all these riches for her to prove his love for her, but she never came. So he just like sealed up the key someplace. And that's what they're searching for in this movie. Bullshit. Why is that bullshit? It's just not real. That ain't real. 
yeah, this is a <laughs> fantasy story. I understand, and it is indeed a <laughs> it is indeed a period piece from the late eighteen hundreds. From it, like it 1897, is. I think, is is when the book is set. It is a period piece, yes. Uh, so I mean, you know, we were wrong on a lot of different fronts here. Um, I don't know if we were necessarily wrong. We were coming in blind, you know, and we learned some things. I know we just always guess wrong. We're never able to guess what the what's going to happen. Well, it, I feel like that just like plays into to film in general. Like we never know where things are going to go, and like stories can take unsuspecting turns. The beginning though is pretty fucked up. Like Swayze is like leading them on the hunt to like yeah. shoot a big bull elephant. Yes. Which is, like, legit. It's something that you are allowed to do in Africa. You're not supposed to do it, but you can hire the right people to make it happen and make it legal so you won't get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so that's what they're trying to do, but this guy just wants to shoot every elephant he sees. Yeah, what and it Swayze seems like. Swayze doesn't like that. Yeah. Uh, so the guy gets killed. Yeah, Alan was <laughs> and like... And that's the beginning of the tragedy. <laughs> Alan was the guide to their little safari, right? And he... This, this hunter's like, I want... Uh, an elephant no matter what he's like no we told you you're gonna get a big bull we're gonna get you one we just gotta find it we're not gonna let you just pick off elephants it's gonna like fuck you and just, he just like, starts shooting everywhere <laughs> like right into like i want to say a crowd of them a pack of them a, a pack of pachyderms pack of pachyderms just I think like herds a herd of of elephant just like chilling and he gets like two or three of them and eventually this angers a mama and the mama then comes into the camp, fucks shit up. And, and Swayze's then, all tied up because he tried to stop it from happening. Yeah. And he's he, such a he's such a lovable guy. Dude, he even kinda like taunts would you would you call it taunting the, the hunter being like that that mama's gonna remember you, man. I don't think that's a taunt. I think it's it's just like informing him. It's just fact. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a threat because he's not gonna do anything. It's just like, hey, just so you know. Elephants never forget. Ever, elephants never forget. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Uh, let's see. Also, lions never forget, I guess. Because uh, the other part of the tragic backstory is that Swayze's <laughs> wife got eaten by a mama lion. <laughs> Dude. <coughs> when they're when they're in that one scene and Elizabeth is kind of like approaching those fucking lions. The, the lion cubs, yeah. yeah. And he just gets off that horse and he goes, fuck no! No! Get away from those! Don't touch them! Don't touch them! He just starts freaking the fuck out. He's and you're scarred. Like, you're like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, he's he's traumatized <laughs> by his wife's death. Yeah, the next scene we find out that's how his wife died. Like, no, we we knew before. Oh, before? Yeah, because that as soon as I saw the lion cubs, I was like, oh no, it's exactly what happened to his wife. Did did they tell us before or after? It was before for sure. How did he get brought up? Because she just walked right up to that lion cub, like he wouldn't react to that. So Elizabeth didn't know. I don't think she knew. I think that he had been talking to maybe his buddy, what's his name, Hank? Hank or Sir Charles or Henry? whatever. Henry. I, 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 Hank is easier for me to remember somehow. The the the, the colonel? I liked the colonel. Uh, he's a captain. The captain, excuse me. <laughs> he's drinking with uh, he's drinking with Hank and he's like, ah, Hank's like, ah, you just got promoted. Yeah, Sir he Henry. He called him the wrong thing. Sir Henry. A very body uh, Scottish man. How'd you feel about that scene where Captain Good trades his watch for that necklace of one of their hands? And uh, he's like, so I got this watch from the queen after I like left her after secret I service retired. or whatever. <laughs> and this guy's like hands in this really pretty necklace. He's like, I bought this in a gift shop in Cape Town <laughs> just like last week. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. 
Yeah. I don't appreciate that uh, all the white people are making the black people do all the work. I understand that that's how it was. But the movie doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, like, humanize any of these uh, Africans that are walking around with them. No. Um, and then the one guy is magic. He's just following them around. He's like, you know, I'm going home. You know, maybe I could join up with you guys. And Swayze is like, we don't need more hands. He's, but, he's dude, there. that's the thing. They established magic being real very early in this movie. Oh, yes. Thank like, you for mentioning it. Like, first scene. Because mm-hmm. after we get introduced to the elephant hunter and stuff like that, we find out that there's an old guy who's on adventure there, and he's sending a map back of King Solomon's mind back to his daughter. Uh-huh. And as he sends... In, in London. Yeah. And as he sends that message... I guess like some 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 tribesmen that are like part of like the security detail all come into his ca- like little cabin tent thing like m- minutes not even minutes after he sends this map out and they come in there they're like we want this map and he's like I don't have it anymore it's over on the ocean now yeah I sent it to my daughter and they like they couldn't just walk outside and go hey Charlie come here you know and <laughs> yeah, pull like him the guy over got on his horse immediately and just. For the hills. Halfway to fucking England. No. Run, run like the, the wind or whatever. Shadow facts. What? <laughs> what? Know. You, you know, the Lord of the Rings. Is that what they say in that movie? I don't fucking know what Gandalf says to his horse. I can't remember what. But his horse's name is Shadow facts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, do you think he says run like the wind? I feel like that's what Woody says to his horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the difference, really, if you think about it? <laughs> Gandalf the Grey or White Woody. <laughs> Same difference. Woody the Brown. Wait, would he be the Brown? Well, he's wood, so I... Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he could also be, you know, like gold. He's the the color of the law. Yeah. Blue. Okay, okay. Is his name Woody because he's made of wood or because his name is Woodrow? Oh, I mean, he's not made of wood. He's not made of wood? No, he's full of stuffing. You've seen Toy Story 2. Yeah. Yeah, he's full of stuffing. Okay. I mean, his head could be made of wood. So, I wouldn't know any different. Or or do you think that he is a, a Wilson? Well, why would that be Woody? Oh, what? You're right. He's Yes, he could be. He, I do think he is a Woodrow, yes. <laughs> he's what is what I mean to say. Woodrow the Cowboy. Or uh, wood, 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 Woodward. Woodward, Woodward. Okay, so Alan Quartermain, our Patrick Swayze in this. How do you feel about Alan Quartermain? Just in general, not compared to Indiana Jones or anything like that. Well, I don't just, have an Indiana Jones to compare him to. Just like, how do you feel about him as well, he a loves person? animals? He does. Um, but we learned that right away. He helps people hunt them, but mm-hmm. why? I don't know. Like I don't, I don't get him. Uh, but you know, his wife got eaten by a lion. Is traumatized. It really yeah, like. <laughs> He, he plays this character that he almost feels like he's addicted to adventure. Well, yeah, he tries to give it up, and then he gets pulled in for one last job. Immediately. Immediately. Like, he's not even in England for a day and a half because he's like, I'm going to go to England and, and finally my be son. A, a good father. You know, <laughs> I want to be a good dad. And he gets there, and his mother – the kid's uh, grandmother, his former mother-in-law, his mother-in-law – you know, yes, they're still in law. They're still in law. You know, she's gonna take him to court. Yeah, because she, she wants the custody of this kid. So he's like, "Fuck," you know. I really want to be a dad. I better go back to Africa. 
No, he goes to the bar and he drinks his sorrows away. And then he goes to Africa. And then he goes to Africa. How like, do you like the guys at the bar who are all like, I'm Alan Quartermain? I thought that was a fun bit. I, I think if I'm ever in a situation where I'm like a regular at a bar, I hope if anyone ever comes in there looking for me, everyone says their name is Vince Troya. Oh, yeah? That's that's how you like your life? Dude, I think it'd be hilarious. Yep. I have always thought it would be really fun to go someplace and have another Vince Troya there and then have to, like, fight over it. How is that possible? There's another Vince Troya in the area. That's fucked up. There's another Josh Young in the area as well. Should we fight him? Yeah. All right. If this, you know these guys. This is a challenge to the other Vince Troya and the other Josh Young in the Metro Detroit area. We'd like to at least get together and have a cup of coffee, but we're also down to fight. I so, love coffee. So if you want to fight and then maybe get a cup of coffee, uh, let us know. Reach out to us at SwayzePod at gmail.com or on our socials at SwayzePod. You know, you can find us all over the place. So just go ahead and write in. Are you just about to end the episode? <laughs> no, I'm just inviting everyone to just write in to our challenge to coffee and, and fisticuffs. Hell coffee yeah. cuffs. Ooh. What if we fought with the coffee in hands? Coffee cups. Coffee cups. That would hurt, that you'd, we'd hurt each other. I don't know, man. I liked I liked Swayze doing the stuff, but I don't know if the stuff was necessarily memorable or super cool or anything like that. Yeah, like that. what did he do that was cool? Like he tried to stop what's-his-dick from shooting that ele- elephant that was cool. Yeah, that was cool of him, but then he still shot a bunch of elephants. Yeah, I don't understand. Do you think that Alan is afraid of snakes? No. I think he should be. I think he, no, that's just for Indiana. I think it should be. Something that I'm not liking about it is that uh, Patrick Swayze has his delicious Texas accent. Yeah. And Texas is not, I mean, it's like barely been a place. It's 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 a place. As we learned from, you know, the north and south, yeah. Texas is a spot at mm-hmm. this point in history. Yes. But I don't think it's a spot enough to have its own distinct accent. Or to have a Swayze have been born and raised there to become like a grizzled 50-something-year-old man. And then have gone to England, met a woman, taken that woman on safari in Africa, got her pregnant, she had a baby, then she got killed. By lions. All... And he, he didn't lose his accent during any of that. Yeah, I think it uh, I think it would have made more sense if it was someone with a British accent. Oh, 100%. One, this would make so much more sense if it were a lot of different things. <laughs> like mainly, like, better written. Like, this did not have very good dialogue. I was kind of bored through lots of it. Yeah, and it's, in, it's supposed to be an adventure, so... Yeah. I'm imagining a lot more temple diving in yeah. the second half. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, if you haven't noticed yet, we were only talking about the first half of this movie because we've decided to make this a two-part episode. Wow, it is a two-part episode. Yep. I want to talk about the map. Okay. So she has the map, right? Yes. And it's an actual map. Swayze tries to tell her it's a gift shop thing. No. At first, he tries to tell her it's a gift shop thing, but as soon as he pulls it out, he's she, you know, like out of the thing, you're like, "Oh, this is real." Like I've seen some of these actual things before, something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And given her last name, which he knows is an like a accredited archaeologist name, like, uh, 
he's he feels like this is legitimate. Like he's like, oh, you're a Makeland. Like I know that name. Yeah, and they try and act like Africa is not a place to bring a lady. And Swayze's like, well, I brought this one lady there, and she got eaten by fucking lions. Yeah, he's like, I out of all of the women I've brought there, they've all been eaten by lions, so we shouldn't bring a lady. But Elizabeth is like, no, and then I'm coming she with like you. actually locates all the stuff on the map. Yeah, like she is doing it all herself. She really doesn't need him there. <laughs> she makes she makes me feel like Evie. Like I said, this was kind of like a mummy. Her character's very Evie-ish, you know, okay. because like she's very independent. She doesn't really need any of the men around, but like they're there and they're helping. So she's like cool with it, you know, mm-hmm. and she's very much contributing and she's the most educated and she's like a risk taker, you know? Oh, yeah. She's always like crawling into things. She's the one who found that fucking secret doorway to get into the temple. Yeah, first she found the snake's head mm-hmm. sticking up out of the sand, and then she fell in the hole while they were like potentially going to get frisky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were suddenly inside. Yeah, I mean, she's doing just fine on her own. She doesn't need the captain, that's for sure. That guy's an idiot. I think the captain was just there for like moral support. I feel like he should have stayed with the ship. Why? <laughs> because, you know, what do pirates take it? Where would they take it? Anywhere. Dude, what if he's just so rich, he's like, if pirates take my ship, whatever. But he could also just pay, like, the docking fee or whatever, and then he can just rent that dock. Yeah. So what? Someone could take it. Yeah. What kind of security do do you think they have in Cape Town? You think, like, Jack Sparrow is just like... Ooh, this is the day you almost caught me. Yeah, and he's, like, running around with this little, like... You almost got me Lucky Charms. He's like a little leprechaun, isn't he? Yeah, he's just a little leprechaun guy. I, uh... I don't know. I that You you have a great point. Like, maybe he should have stayed with the ship, but it seems as if, like, why wouldn't they just, like, pay to dock it? I understand that. I'm just wondering, like, what his purpose is. You said moral support. I believe it. Yeah. He sucks. He's just the dude that... Maybe he's, like, uh, Grandpa Explorer, like, Daddy Explorer, like, Mr. Uh, Makeland. Mm -hmm. I don't know what his his name is. Yeah, who cares? He's the old guy. The old guy. That's the... Everybody calls him. The The, old man. The old man. The bumbling old man. He's not that bumbly. How do you know? That's a good point. I don't. He's, like, barely talked, and every time he does, he's just like, Oh, my daughter has it. You better go find my daughter. Gabagool is like, I see your daughter's future. Yeah, she's like reading, reading her mind, whipping out voodoo dolls and all that kind of bullshit. Oh yeah, voodoo dolls. That's how magic was established. The yeah. voodoo doll works. Yeah, like immediately we're showing her like pushing something into a voodoo doll, and the old man starts bending over, like, "Oh, I hurt so bad." And then Gabagool is just psychic. Yeah. She knows where Elizabeth is all the time and who she's with and who you got to worry about all the fucking time. So. So they were, like, kind of tracking her spiritually. Because they're supposed to just bring the map to this motherfucker. Yeah, they're just trying to get this map, right? So they're they're tracking them, like, spiritually, trying to see where they are on the, like, the ancestral plane or whatever the fuck it is using magic. But then there's also this B-team of Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Russians are, are, are soon to be revealed. They're, they're so Russian and they're so ready to take the map that they think is theirs, the MacGuffin. Yeah, so tell us about this map, uh, the, the, these Russians and how they feel this map is, like, theirs. Well, the old man was getting financed by their boss, yes. the, the Tsar. The Tsar of Russia. Is that, like, the king of Russia? 
Like I, f- I felt like Azar is put in place to do kind of like you haven't a listened specific to task. enough. No, you haven't listened to enough behind the bastards to know what Azar is like a Caesar. Oh. You know, he's like an emperor. Oh, he's in charge of everything. Okay, okay. He's like a god emperor. Yeah. So the Czar. That's of, what fucking Anastasia is about. The Czar of Russia wants this fucking map because he's like, I've given this old man all this fucking money. He deserves. He he owes this to me. You know, this is mine. Isn't two thousand four a weird time to make the Russians the villains? Why? Uh, it's just weird. Like in two thousand four, we had like Lil Bush on TV, right? So you what? had Lil Vladimir Putin and Vl- Lil Vladimir Putin. You know, his mom is fucking bear. <laughs> Like, it's just a weird time to, like, make make Russia the bad guy. I thought uh, we had, like, 20 years off of Russia being the bad guy. Russia's always the bad guy, dude. We literally just talked about North Korea being the bad guy. Well, yeah, but Russia should have been the bad guy. For sure. Russia should always be the bad guy. <sighs> Man, I just disagree. Why? I mean, like, have you ever seen The Americans? No. About these Russian spies who live in America. Oh, is that the one with, that has uh, fucking De Niro in it? Uh, no, it's a oh. television show. Oh, um, it was on FX. And I mean, like they're Russian, but they're not the bad guys. But Russia is the bad guys. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I like that. I like <laughs> it's that. In the eighties, I believe. But yeah, these Russian guys are like on, on a little little trek through the desert after them, right? Tracking them on foot. Yeah, and they're getting led by uh, Swayze's old partner, McNabb. McNabb. McNabb was there during the elephant shooting kind He of let thing. that guy shoot those elephants. Yeah, and that's why, like, after that excursion, that's when Swayze was like, I'm quitting, I'm getting out. I'm out of the game. And that guy was like, me too, but for opposite reasons. <laughs> and he's like, I just don't want to work with people like him anymore. Alan Quartermain sucks, and Alan Quartermain's like, this dude sucks! Yeah, well, I mean, they both suck. Yeah. In different ways. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of either of them. Uh, so they trek across the desert, and uh, they eventually meet up at the snake's head, right? Yeah, but, but, but before we get there, I did want, write in my notes here that it, between fucking Alan and Elizabeth, they were showing everyone they met the map. Oh, yeah. Like, they just couldn't show them this secret map fast enough. Like, of course the Russians knew exactly where they were all the fucking time because every person they met, they're like, Hi, my name's Alan Quartermain. I'm a world-renowned archaeologist and adventurer. Look at this secret map I have. We're going to King Solomon's Mine. Make sure you tell everyone. Like, what, what were they thinking? I don't know. Oh. Well, everyone's like, it isn't real. It's a myth. It's even Swayze. He's like, it's a myth. It isn't real. Yep. I looked for it, and I'm the best finder in the world. He did talk up this big finding game. He was like, I've seen the outside of it. I haven't been inside, but I could find it again. Like, Swayze was about it. <laughs> he He's like, I, I could get there. I've been there on the outside. I've seen it, but, you know. Yeah. I kind of believe it. I don't uh, know. Apparently, this particular genre is specifically called like the lost city. Yeah. So it it invented like this particular story invented it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's kind of boring, you got to be like, ah, well. So I guess that you know the the ancient Israelites' untold riches are, is like the original myth. <laughs> like, it's yeah. the original conspiracy theory. I guess. 
That's kind of, yeah, kind of what it felt like. They were just like, oh, we're going to go after the treasures of Israel. That <laughs> sounds a little like. And then I know there's like uh, some sort of uh, connotation with black Isra- Israelites. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know what this movie's doing, but if this story was written in uh, the late 1800s, I believe that it invented it. <laughs> well, you'd think if something was written in the late 1800s and being like, 2004 they could have like been like hey let's punch up this dialogue and this story just a little bit to make it better because you know it's been like a hundred and my understanding is that it was like written very quickly as well somewhere between uh a a few weeks and 15 weeks oh so it was like a pulp novel yeah before pulp novels were a thing yeah it's like uh, here look at this quick adventure this guy's gonna go find a secret treasure that's cool. I, I did guess. a little bit of research. That's cool. I guess. I guess um, the, you know. I guess that that's what Heart of Darkness is about as well. It's like you'll go down into Africa and you'll find the secret treasure, but what you find is that you know you are the heart of the Walmart. How did you feel about all the animals that got into their camps? Because besides the elephant, we also had a cheetah. Uh huh. And cheetah just walked right in through the cheetah-sized flap in the tent. Yeah, and just, like, went right in and started licking Elizabeth's hand while she was sleeping. And then Swayze just cuts in there and open, tears her out. And pulls her right out. Yeah, and he, then... he, like, performs second birth on her. Were, were there any more occasions? I feel like there has to be at least one more animal to, like... To en- make it funny. Encroach on their camp. I can't think of any other animals that are in it. None of it was funny. Remember when the Russians encroached in their camp? Can they be the third animal? Russians. Because they set up that fake camp at one point. They're like, okay. Strong like bear. So their whole like diversion to get these Russians off their tail was just kind of baffling in general, right? They got to one spot and they just kind of like walked around in circles and made a big old like People were hanging out right here for a moment kind of thing, right? Uh-huh. And then they took off all their shoes, <laughs> and they sent the horses in one direction, and they walked in a different direction. It's confusing. Right? But the horses, dude. You very, want the horses. Very confusing. So they're carrying everything now. And they get to, to some They're not place. carrying anything. The well, black people who are following them around are carrying everything. Yeah, they get to where – they get to by this river, so they're kind of like set up a little bit to, to drink – and uh, the the captain was like, "We gotta let's set up camp." And he's and then Alan's like, "No, we're getting followed." I'm like, "No." So if they know we're here, let's set up camp. So Alan was like, "Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, let's set up camp, bruv. Let's do that." So they so they set up camp, they build a fire, and then they sneak away. I think that's clever. It was very clever because then all the Russians found the camp, hung out for a little while, and then snuck up on them. You know giving them ample time to leave. But now they don't have any tents. They don't have any horses. Yeah, if this is D&D, it's a bad call. None of that kind of stuff. They're just like, they have their backpacks, essentially. Like probably right some water, right? Maybe, yeah, a little bit of water. What's going to happen when they get to the mine? Who knows? They're going to fall through the floor. The- uh, all right. He As soon as he... He establishes, okay, are we looking for something that looks like a snake? Are we looking for a bunch of snakes? What are we looking for? And then Elizabeth's just like, what if it's a giant snake we're looking for, you know? And then she turns around and there's just a giant snake there. Like, 
What was... It was just a snake sticking out of the ground. Yeah. Like, okay, but the implication is because you can only see the head of the snake that maybe it's like an ancient temple. And then it can it gets covered up and then uncovered and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just like Aladdin. Maybe. They gotta I go know. inside the sand to get where they're going. Yeah. Or is that like an extra dimensional space in Aladdin? It's a real cave, right? The Cave of Wonders? The Cave of Wonders is a real place. Yeah. But only those that are pure of heart can enter or something like that. It just seems like if it's an actual real place and not like a magical extra space that you'd be able to get in even if the head was under the sand. You just have to dig. I don't know. Like that's what I thought they now, were going to have to do here was try and I'm dig in. I'm wondering if it's extra dimensional. Okay, so at the end though they drop in. Yeah. Maybe they're at the top of the castle and they're going to have to – the whole thing's going to be like a dungeon crawl till they get to the bottom. Maybe. Well, they, dude, they do find the key. Find the key as soon as they walk in there. Yeah, it's like in the first room. And then the Russians are like, ah, we gotcha. Like, if this were Alien versus Predator, they walked into the room where they're attaching the aliens to the people's faces. Like, that's where they start. They're like, we're getting down to fucking business. Like, they walked into this first room, and there's the key. And they're like, Alan's like, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it, let's do a little thing. So he throws a rock at it, and then all of a sudden this knife just, like, comes out of nowhere and just, like, stabs generally (laughs) near the key. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what was the, where was it stabbing? I have no idea. Like, why wouldn't it just, like, shoot something up and out? I have no idea. But wait, didn't didn't the knife come from one of the Russians? No. It came out of the wall? No, it it was like, okay. If, if if they would have did like a one eighty or a three sixty around it, right? Uh-huh. They would have noticed that there is a like a, a mechanical arm with a knife someplace. Yeah, that's just gonna whip out on a on a lever access, like a one access thing, and just stab up generally near where the key is sitting vertically. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're thinking that like if there's a body there, it'll catch it somewhere. Right? Somewhere, yeah. It's a very rudimentary trap, though. Like, you could catch that on, like, a very low roll for a trap check. See? This guy doesn't know what he's doing because he's not that type of guy. He's a hunter now. Okay, okay, okay. Because archaeologists don't go into ancient temples. That's not what they do. I'm not knocking that. But I am saying that, like, this is what someone, at one point in time, you know? Biblical times. Yeah. Felt that this is an appropriate and effective booby trap. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to hook this knife to a lever. Are you lever. saying it's not? It didn't hit any of the six people around it. Fine, whatever, man. And the trap is like 3,000 years old. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how old King Solomon is. He's unimaginably old. I'm hoping that like, when they get to the real treasure, King Solomon's there and he's like a, a, a lich. and He's ready to like fight them for his treasure. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like how Voldemort's... No, you don't know about that. Uh, You know, like how sometimes you can, like, split up your life force and put it elsewhere, like on Adventure Time? With the Lich? Dude, I thought you were going to say this is like that one guy in Indiana Jones where he has to, like, answer a bunch of questions and find Holy Grail. That's like a Knight of the Templar. Yeah. See, look, I I do know about Indiana Jones. (laughs) Who thought? Dude, Indiana Jones is sick. I don't believe it. I believe that it's at least as racist as this. Indiana Jones was originally supposed to have a relationship with a child in one of the movies. Yeah, well, they cut it, that part out at least. Mm-hmm. There's no children in this movie. There's the one, but he's like, see you later, pal. I like how he calls him Big Harry. 
No, yeah. Oh, you're getting so big. Better call you Big Harry. Yeah, he, 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 there's baby Harry, but you're getting so big. You're Big Harry now. How would you feel being called Big Harry? That's the silliest name. <laughs> but it also implies that when baby Tom is like eight, we got to start calling him Big Tom. And that just <laughs> isn't going to be true. No Tom is a Big Tom. They're all a, a small people. <laughs> Dude, I think I think that once baby Tom... Because he's only got a, a few a few more years to be Baby Tom. Yeah, he's gonna have to be Adolescent Tom or Child Tom soon. He's Toddler Tom right now, I think. Yeah, I think that's that has to become the official name of Todd. He he's evolved. Oh yeah, so like every time I make the jacket, I gotta put his new name on the back. Yeah, so na- now now he's a toddler. So like, well, at, at, in a few weeks, he's gonna be Brother Tom. Brother Tom, brother. <laughs> there you go. Hello, Brother Tom. How how are you today, Brother Tom? Oh, just brothering. I'm just brothering around. Just, oh, don't don't bo- don't brother me. Just brothering the day away, dude. How do you think that this would have worked out if Alan Quartermain had a brother? Why? Because then they could like double team him. Uh, stupid. Who would his brother be? Uh, Alan Dollarmain. That's not how names work, and I meant an actor. <laughs> what about his brother Don? Call Don up. Like, Don, I need you. What, what about his brother Roblo? Roblo! Or C. Thomas Howell? Mm-hmm. Dude. Uh, I think he should have brought the kid with him. Big Harry. Dude, that would have been like a mummy. <laughs> would have been like the mummy, oh, too. a child in the mummy? The second one, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the mummy, too. Electric. Mummy. Blue. Yeah. The Scorpion King. Oh, is it in that one? That's the one where the, with the introduction of the Scorpion King. Love the Scorpion King. Dude, remember when that came out and everyone was like, "Oh my God, the Scorpion King is one hundred percent CGI in this movie." And he looks horrifying, but not in the way that they wanted to. Exactly. <laughs> he looks he, soulless. Dude, I remember when it came out and thinking it was terrifying and not understanding how they did it, and then like. 30 seconds went by, and then I realized it's all with a computer, and it looks like shit. Yeah, it looks like they put that the rock, is that who's the Scorpion yeah. King? They put his face on just like a, a blob from the computer. Yeah, I mean, this, this was like 1998 or something like that, so this was like unheard of technology. Whoa, they put a man's face on a machine-generated scorpion body. Yeah, it was, it was a marvel of like modern technology. They should have made it a manticore. Why? Because it's one extra animal and make it extra weird. What's the extra animal of a manticore? I think, um, hmm. Like a lion, maybe. Well, what, what part would be the lion? Uh, the like head? The, like the, no, that's the fa- the man part. Okay. Like the body. Well, that's the scorpion part. No, the, the, the tail is the scorpion part. But, but he's the scorpion king. He's only one part king and one part scorpion. King. But that's not what he is. Okay, fine. The manticore king. He's oh, a- I'm the manticore king. <laughs> that's what he would sound like. <laughs> At the salt, it's, uh, I'm the manticore king. Instead, doesn't he mostly just like scream? He does. <laughs> yeah. The Rock did not have very many lines in that movie. Man. Now he gets to, like, they have to bend entire franchises around Scorpion King. Yeah. See, that's when he was still billed as The Rock. He wasn't even Dwayne The Rock Johnson in that movie. He was just The Rock. Good for him, man. Dude, that was, like, his debut. 
that's what did it. Now he gets to dictate how the Fast and the Furious goes. <laughs> if you if you work could work with Dwayne the Rock Johnson in any capacity, what way would you work with him? Wrestling. You would want to wrestle Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That is not what I said. I would want to work in the in the in the realm of wrestling with him. Oh, why? Well, because you know wrestling's cool. I I, I immediately went to you want to wrestle him. I was gonna like invite him to barbecue. Oh, okay. I would really like to cook with the Rock because I know he has to do lots of cooking for his crazy. Or he doesn't have to cook it. He's got like, personal chefs, but like you, you smell what the Rock is cooking. I, I want. Understand. I want to smell what the Rock is cooking. I get it. I think it'd be so much fun. What do you think he'd like to grill? What do you think he prefers to grill? I think. I think he's a big vegetable guy. Oh, you think so? He's like, oh, I made like seventeen corn on the cobs. Yeah, and I ate all of them. <laughs> And then I ate four full chickens that are unseasoned. I just ate and chickens. Undefeathered, still feathered, I guess. They were alive. <laughs> just ate them. I ate seven live chickens. I just pull my pull my head back a little bit and just unhinge my jaw. Just pop that chicken right in there. That's when it's got the most nutrients. Yum, yum, yum. It's got eggs in it still. Something like yum, yum, yum. I don't think you're supposed to eat the egg chickens. Why? Because they make more eggs. Every chicken makes eggs. Not the male chickens. Those aren't chickens. Those are roosters. They are chickens. They're male chickens. Hens <laughs> are female chickens. <laughs> this one's gone off the rails, man. No, we know what chickens are, and we know what chickens aren't. Chickens aren't these Russian guys, because they're going to come back and probably have to fight more in the next episode. Yeah, they, they were already trying to get the fucking, uh, what's it called? The key. Okay, I mean, uh, but the key has been gotten, so what's the next step? What do they have to do? Take the key somewhere? Well, yeah, they have to go take the key to the mine, but, but, as all the boys are getting the key, the Russians are kidnapping Elizabeth. For what? What do they want from her? They want the key, so they're going to kidnap her because the key is important, you know, so they're going to trade her for the key. Stupid. Hey, I'm not a Russian in 1885 in South Africa trying to find King Solomon's mine. I don't know wh- what what they're thinking. It's impossible to know what they're thinking. It is impossible to know what they're thinking. I, I had a couple questions for you. Uh, do you think that uh, there was like a conceivable romance between Elizabeth and Swayze? I think they were laying the seeds to it. Yeah. 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 Like he, uh, you know, was traumatized. Mm-hmm. By her trying to interact with the lions. I think so. I, I think that shook him, but I think that also then forced him to talk about his wife with her. Yeah. And he would not have done that before because I don't think he really mentions having a wife or kids or anything like that. He told her that he had a wife, but he didn't tell her that his wife was dead. Mm. Which is, uh, you know, extra romantic because she thinks he's unavailable and that's what that's what, that's what women like. What, an, an unavailable boy? An unavailable man. Ooh, an unavailable man. Uh, and that was actually my only question. Um, do, was there any, like, parkour or other? No. Okay, I Not didn't think the, so. Well, I mean... Because he should have been doing, like, Indiana Jones usually does, like, some gymnastics of some sort, doesn't he? I mean, he has a whip that he brings around with him. And does he use it to, like, swing around and shit? Yeah, and, and like, just whip up a storm it. But, um, yeah, Alan didn't. He had a bandolier with shotgun or r- rifle shells on it, but 
No, no whips, no fun weapons or anything like that. Did anyone have the best outfit? Let's go down to Fashion Corner. Everyone's outfit was pretty much the same during the entire thing. Elizabeth's you know? got like various shades of like white and yellow. Yeah, she she changes her outfit the most, but like it's still pretty much just dresses that are kind of loose fitting but all covering to keep the sun off, you know. And but like Alan doesn't change clothes, the captain doesn't change clothes, or Henry doesn't change clothes, the Russians don't change clothes. Right, and Alan is like the polar opposite of King, right? Because mm-hmm. the the King, he's not wearing any clothes really, except for his uh, glorious leopard head. Yeah, and and his little, I think it's a cheetah. Personally, I know sure. I know we had the disagreement earlier. I think it's a cheetah, just because we saw the cheetah earlier in the film. Oh, because we know cheetahs are cheetahs are native, or at least in that area. So that's why I think it's a cheetah. Plus, being have uh, wearing a cheetah head on your head means you have to have caught a cheetah, and ha- cheetahs are fast, you know. Oh, like the fastest animal alive. Like they can run like sixty six or eighty eight miles or something like that. Like then they you can go back in time. Blood. Yeah, and then you can run that fast too. Um, but yeah, so that I think this like that was the symbol of power. If a cheetah could run back in time, what would it do? (laughs) It would probably eat some Cheetos. Oh, they're deliciously cheesy or whatever. They're dangerously cheesy. Oh, see, I don't know. Thank you. They're magically delicious is the lucky charms. And they're dangerously cheesy is the (laughs) Cheez-Its. Wait, no. What about Cheetos? They're dangerously cheesy. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Cheez-Its are like crispy. 100% cheese. Uh, Yeah, all real cheddar. All baked to the bone stoned to the bone that's me if you were to buy me as a snack and be advertised vince troya stoned to the bone um if you were to put me into a soup it had this nice smoky aroma all the way to the bone of the meat you could make a nice stock out of me man stock oh this is a vince stock you could buy me at a store and maybe like you know put me in a soup or a stew maybe a pie we're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything.